And after the next, or on the next seventh day, he decided to rest again, which really wasn't working out all that well. Um, <clears throat> so it is Sunday, which is my apparently traditional rest day. I do love where, where traditions sort of form around anything which has a limited amount of parameters, a limited number of, of, of things that are required. Um, and, and yet the pressure to create, I really do enjoy that. And it's one of the reasons this challenge I think has resonated with me. And while, while it is difficult sometimes to, to match the ambitions, um, that I might put forward, uh, it is always quite rich and rewarding. So this, I believe I was, I've been there for every single challenge and I think it's, it's 11th, the 11th challenge now for dog days of podcasting. If you're, if you're not familiar, if you're only for whatever reason, listening to my own feed at encaffeinated.ca of wandering out loud, you'll be surprised or confused, um, to learn that this is part of a, a, a sub challenge dog days of podcasting. I don't know why I mentioned this on the 21st day of the month. <laughs> Surely by now people must've figured this out. Anyway, go there and listen to all of them because there's a lot of really fun things that people are creating. And um, I don't, I do like a little bit of planning in the process. I kind of look forward to this every year and I'm never quite sure what I'm going to do. And I've tried a whole bunch of different things. I've set out a month long calendar in which I was going to talk. What was it? I think it was all things, was it New Brunswick? I don't think, I think it was New Brunswick I did one month or one year. And I've done different sort of writing projects. This one might be the most ambitious as far as writing projects for this month has been, although the Christmas version of Dog Days um, is, is probably the, the one that has more long-term meaning for me. But I love the little traditions that sort of develop in my own creative process. Um, I've been, I've just finished binging, I will say. I'll put it that way. It's, it's fair. I've watched so many episodes of Gilmore Girls. Um, I fell in love with the show. So it had been suggested to me years ago and finally finished the last of the seventh season. Uh, earlier today, I've watched the first of the four um, made-for-TV movies that came later. And I don't know how much they planned out of that series. Obviously, some things I think were because they were able to create season-long arcs and actually arcs that transcended seasons. There were the things that would start halfway through a season and end in the following season midway. So they obviously felt comfortable enough in the in the the production that they they felt they were going to have those those seasons. I know beyond I think it's season season five, maybe season four was actually their transition over to the WB network or CW network. So they changed networks in there, but they had enough confidence in what they were doing uh, to be able to do that sort of slow build. And I'm really glad that they were able to, because I'll tell you uh, stuff that happens in season six and in part of season seven was giving me heart palpitations. It was, it was rough for me, uh, which also means I fell in love with the characters, which is great. But what I want to, what, what feels relevant at the moment are the little running gags that they had, which clearly weren't there from the very beginning. There were definitely some. There were, there's, there's elements of, of talking, elements of the way the dialogue moves, especially between the two main characters. Um, there's elements about the way that um, some of the, 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 the principal characters of the town, the setting, the way that they reappear. But there's others which I think that they developed over time and realized this is a great gag. 
we're going to do it again. I, I would, I actually would love to hear the writers of the series. There was, there was sort of one primary writer creator and a couple of others. They were kind of listed as, as primary writers and, and directors. And I would love to, and I'll, I'll probably do some searching after I'm done here, but to find um, a, descri- a description of how the writer's room worked. And I, you may not need a full book to actually be described. Maybe I can find an interview somewhere. But I, I love the idea that, that you know, there was some some lead people. There was, there was one person in particular who was a uh, lead. I don't remember. I don't have her name offhand, but it's a hyphenated name, so it's long enough I can't remember it. But the, the little the little gags that were appearing, the little the little um, things that could go back to, and and which is the essence of a lot of good storytelling, good comedy especially, where they could do that um, repeatedly, and they can always have that joke, and then you begin to expect it, and then they can, they can play with your expectations. I saw a video someone posted, um, uh, same way as last year, I think that was, or, or dinner for dinner for one, I think it was called. Um, which was a an uh, an elderly rich woman um, had a full table decked out for all of her guests. None of her guests were there; just the the uh, the serve servant slash butler um, who had the repetitive um, thing. Every time there was a new course or new wine or whatever, the the um, the butler would go and portray each of those characters, and he would always trip in a certain spot. It was a very repetitive joke, but it also worked very well because then once they lulled you to it, they could. Um, they could start to to uh, to play with it, and I've got five, I think, or six of these things that are in these uh, today and future histories that didn't exist when I first uh, first did it. The one of them that did, the introduction, "Welcome Sentient Beings," uh, was was there in the very beginning. That section, that whole welcome section, at some points has ballooned to be ninety percent of what was in an episode, and then the closings, the now three closings that are that are standard. Um, four elements of the closing are standard, three paragraphs. Um, you know, this has been today in future history and some comment, tune in tomorrow and stay calm. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I had those in the very beginning. Uh, I don't know where along the lines, I suppose I literally have the document in front of me. I can, I can trace back, uh, each day that I've done. Let's see if August the 2nd, uh, August the 2nd had tune in tomorrow and stay calm and welcome sentient beings. So they were starting to get there. Wow. That was a really short script. Um, I will, but also the, the closer, I'm really enjoying having fun with the closer now. I don't know. Is, is it demystifying it too much for me to talk about it? Um, but I, I love when those things start to, to appear. And I think as someone who likes to tell stories, um, the, the, the chance to have a platform for the stories to fit in. And then once I've got the platform, I know I can play around with it and then I can start to, to, to violate expectations is, is tremendous. Um, I, a few comments about the last story, though, <laughs> which um, I think I, I give the titles of those sections at the very end when I post the episode. That's when the title comes out. This one called Motivated Perseverance, uh, the story of Bunny Tag. And this was a story that, that I don't know where – well, I kind of know where this came from. A friend of mine was talking about the new drone that they had. Uh, I was seeing the drone footage and I kept thinking because the footage would cut off uh, before I saw the end of the or the drone return. So it always there was something about that that held a bit of mystery for me. So it turned from 253 words about about um, I think 80 or so words of this. I can literally look this up right now and I'm literally doing it. 66 words. 
This was a comment I made on his Facebook page. And then suddenly I added another 100 words or almost 200 words to kind of just give me some notes along the way. And then I wrote this thing, which is nearly 2,600 words, actually a little over 2,600 words. It's the longest one by far. And um, it, it, I, it was weird because I feel like I could have spelled out the whole story. I really kind of wanted to. And I hope that was, I hope it was enough of the story. And I hope it wasn't too much of the story um, that, it, that it held together. But now I'm getting into the hard part. So this was the 20, 20 days so far. So I've written 19 stories, 19 episodes, and then the two, the two fill-ins, the two, um, two rest days, three rest days. We're at the third rest day. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, 7th, 14th, and 21. Yeah, it's the third rest day. So I've done 17, 18 stories. Is that what I said? Anyway. Um, and I have 32 points in my list uh, that I'm expanding each time with more stories. And I'm finding it harder and harder, I will say, every night to to take a story and transform it. That one last night, um, I started around 10.30 in the evening uh, with those 253 words and just started writing. And by the time I was done, it was 2.30 in the morning. So I can't, I can't afford to spend four hours on these every time. Um, the first raw recording was 30 minutes long. And then I edit it three times. Every one of these gets edited three times. It may not seem like it all the time. Um, one read, uh, although I do retake lines um, in the midst. I don't retake lines or try not to have any inserts afterwards. But uh, it's it's I like this notion of of repeated things and um, having this this playground to play in. So I hope you've been enjoying them. I've also been enjoying just everybody else's things. Oh, the call out at the end. That was the fourth of the, uh, uh, of the end things. Um, and that's, that's now become a tradition, um, for each of these last, uh, eight episodes, seven, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Eight episodes that are, that remain. I only have eight more to do, uh, which is kind of a shocking number. Uh, it would be nine, but there's a rest day in the middle. Uh, and it's probably still wrong. No, it should be, it should be. Nine episodes left, right? Uh, dates and times and things are always quite, quite uh, bad suggestions. But I, 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 I like when that happens, and it's something that I, I find from these sort of intense things. If you can stay motivated, if you can stay in the moment, uh, and just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, uh, I find these great things come out. Um, and, and hats off to Craig Stepp. I mean, it's a simple idea, and I don't want to give him too much credit because, you know, it'll go to his head. But um, the, 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 the basic simple idea is such a beautiful incubator um, because not much pressure put on it, not much parameters put on it that I think it, uh, it works really, really well. Um, I, sh- you know, I, I should not talk more about um, Gilmore Girls because it has become my obsession, but there it is. Um, if I, I if I talk any more about them, I'll talk forever. So I'm going to make this a short episode, relatively speaking. Um, and just hats off to everyone who's participating, everybody who's keeping up, listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, the finish line is in sight. So for for Tim and um, I'm I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I will look it up on my phone. Who's also a a a runner. 
uh, a marathoner. This would be uh, not on my phone right now. Bruce, Bruce. Um, they're the ones uh, I, as well that I love listening to, not for exercise whatsoever. I will never run a marathon. I have no ambitions to run a marathon. I barely am able to walk every day. Um, and right now, this past week, I didn't walk a single day, not more than to and from my car. But this, this experience of doing this competition is its own marathon. And, you know, I did do a little bit of prep work. I had 22 ideas when I started. None of them were longer than, a, than 100 words, really. Um, but that's kind of the pre-training. That's kind of the, the getting your gear in order. That's making sure that you have everything else you can put aside. Um, and then when you get into it and you get into the flow and you, and you try to, to work yourself into it, the right pace that you need to have, the, the ability to, to, to stay on target, to stay focused, to stay uh, uh, and have ways to re-energize re yourself, to make sure you have water breaks, which seems really important um, when you're doing all this word stuff. Um, so I'm kind of listening to what they're saying about marathons and the challenges they're, they're, they're looking for. You know, there are some challenges which are just big, long, simple competitions. Others are multi-faceted, different kinds of competitions along the way. Uh, there are some that, that have, you know, hills or they have different terrain they're moving over. So I'm also thinking of those things when I'm trying to write my scripts when I'm trying to consider this, um, at one point I considered a second character so that I have a different announcer. Uh, I've, I've, one of the things that I've settled into and I, I find it kind of interesting and it's, it's a mode and that is the almost, um, almost separated, removed, almost robotic tone that the storyteller has, the, the person presenting it. Um, and it's sometimes it's necessary to kind of tone it tone my speech down to get it to that level. Other times I wanted to come out unexpectedly passionate, unexpectedly, especially the quotes. Oh, that's another, you know, fun thing, you know, quote and end quote, that little, that little gag that's going on. I like that. It allows me to do a complete tonal shift. It allows me to do a different character in the midst of all of this, all still presented through his majesty, um, Mr. Lobsterton. <laughs> Will I ever mention his name again? I don't know. Ferdinand Zero Hex Lobsterton. I don't know why that name just amuses me so much. Anyway, that's just one of the examples of how the different things that people are doing, um, you know, from the different ways that Michael Butler does his show to the different, uh, the different uh, uh, tasks and plannings that, uh, that Amy needs to do to the different uh, cool thoughts that, that Craig is doing, even the different songs that Chuck is doing or the wonderful scenarios and, and, uh, and, uh, NPCs. We've got two of them. Uh, I mentioned J Samuel deals, which I really like. Uh, but now we also have, um, his is the hidden note. I'm forgetting the other one. It's, it's got a name. It's got a name and it's probably not on my phone right now. That's just frustrating. Uh, I hate forgetting names. I hate mentioning anybody because I don't want to miss anybody. And that's the way that goes. Um, but it was, it, you know, I, I truly feel like this little community, this, this, you know, sometimes it's the same things from people every year, but there's still, still something to be learned. Um, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Oh, wait. Now I was, I stopped once and now I haven't stopped again and now it's longer. So I apologize for that. This has been wandering out loud. Part of the dog days of podcasting, my rest day from today in future history, 
That will return tomorrow with what? I do not know. Honestly, I have no idea what the next scripts are going to be, but we will get through it. I hope. Haven't missed a day yet, but I tell you, some of the days have been really tough. Gets really late at night, and I should know better. <laughs> I'm Mark the Encaffeinated One. I will talk to you or somebody. Ferdinand Zero Hex Lobsterton will talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>